Hello and welcome to another episode of The Advantage. I'm your host, Michael Fiddle. Today is Wednesday, January 3rd, and on today's podcast, we are breaking down all of the action happening tonight in the NBA. We have kind of a loaded and busy board. We got some spread bets. We got some money lines. We got some totals to play. We have small bets. We have standard one units. We have a few spots where we might even go bigger. There's a lot going on. We are going to get through all of it. But before I get started, let me remind everyone of a few housekeeping topics. First, of course, rate, review, subscribe on whatever podcast platform you are listening to. To check this out as a video on the Fantasy Basketball International YouTube channel. If you're trying to learn how to handicap NBA games, when I start going through all the stuff after the break, I'm going to share the live odd screen from FanDuel right now as I go through it. To me, the easiest way to sit back, view, learn, take it in is to watch it on the Fantasy Basketball International YouTube channel. Of course, in other FBI-related things, you can check out their Discord channel, some of their other amazing voices in the space. And if you need a fantasy basketball platform, I don't know who needs it in the middle of January, be sure to check out Fantrax. But most importantly, ask yourself this right now. Am I signed up for fiddlespicks.substack.com? Because check this out, fellas. I am holding about 30 envelopes here of holiday gifts, of free giveaways that I did after running a little contest on the Substack. So not only do you get access to all of my picks and write-ups when I first release them, you also get to compete in some fun giveaways, and I send things out. There's also some private DFS contests and so much more. Make sure you are signed up for fiddlespicks.substack.com. I think that takes care of the majority of the housekeeping, right? Follow me on Twitter at Fiddles Picks, blah, 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 blah. Let's get it going. I'm the type to get shit done. You the type to observe. March Madness on my speakers, but today's November 23rd. Cause I'm loud in the blunt, yeah. I don't say what I want, yeah. Probably somewhere sunny and tan. Foreign women in the sun, yeah. That's all that I need. That's all that I need. That's all that I need. Come my brothers with me. Come my brothers with me and my mama's healthy. All right, welcome in to the main part of the show. I am going to share the FanDuel odd screen right now. And just quick disclaimer and reminder, the reason why I choose to show the FanDuel odd screen as I do these podcasts is because I think it has the best user interface. I like the way that I can light up the few spots that I want to talk about. I like the way that they show the betting splits there. I like the black background. I much prefer that over some of these white screens. <coughs> Caesars. And... um yeah, so I will make sure to point out when a different book has a better line. Of course, not all of these bets that I put in are submitted through FanDuel, but just for the sake of watching and viewing along, that is going to be the easiest place to take it all in. So let's get this thing started. We're going to start with the Washington Wizards visiting the Cleveland Cavaliers. I think 239.5 is just a super high total for this game. And then I pull up the betting splits. I see what the opening number was. I'm seeing 92% of the money on the under 72% of the bets. So strong bets, strong handle towards the under here. We also know that the opening line for this was 240.5. So 239.5, you're only one point off of that opening line. I still think that's playable. We know the Wizards, even though 
they've been really struggling. Their games are super pace up and they fly. So it's not like the best place to go backing unders in Wizards games. Cleveland, I actually don't mind doing that too, especially with the amount of injuries that they've been dealing with. The replacement for Cleveland's injuries has been an uptick in three-point shooting. However, at home against a Wizards team, already 238.5s popping up on the board. I do think the Cleveland-Washington under is worth a small play. Strong splits towards this under 239.5. I do think it is going to keep going a little bit, and you will obtain some positive closing line value. It's not a spot that I expect to move five or six points and have some playback value. Uh, but backing a Cavaliers team that's nine and a half to the spread in what should be more of an under game, just give me the under and I'll play it small. Milwaukee is taking on Indiana again. This is not the baseball series because now we're actually traveling. Last game was in Milwaukee. This game is in Indiana. We are down to the Bucks being opening as a two and a half point favorite, being bet out to the three at a lot of places. I do think you can play the three on the Bucs. If you're going to play it, it's got to be small. And for me, like a half a unit type of thing, if you're going to play the Bucs. Uh, there is clearly a rivalry brewing here. I do think the Bucs are the much better team. But in the last two contests, that's been important matchups between these two teams. The Pacers have handled their business. And the Pacers also take this matchup very seriously. So I would look for Milwaukee to come out hot. Maybe you're even looking to back Milwaukee first half. I'm more of a full game type of guy. I think a lot of these times, I talk about this in the baseball series, but we even see it in the head-to-head even with travels. When two teams play each other so quickly, you often see the split. So even though Milwaukee's on the road right now, I do think they are going to win and cover the small spread because one, the point total is 258 fucking points. So... I mean, backing a two-and-a-half or three-point win in such a high-scoring game, probably you don't have to be concerned about spread versus money line and it being a super tight game. And you can also play into the fact that Milwaukee's probably the better team. They're not well-coached. That's the issue. Uh, if they were well-coached, they would destroy this Indiana team. If Why am I blanking on the... If Budenholzer was still the Bucks' head coach, they would be smacking this Indiana Pacers team. Unfortunately, that's not the case. For this Atlanta Hawks, Oklahoma City, a lot of mixed market signals here. OKC is on the second half of a back-to-back where they play the Celtics at home, and now they travel on the road to Atlanta. Uh, not an ideal travel spot, but this OKC team is playing so freaking well. It opened at the minus two. It flashed with some Hawks steam to plus 1.5 and plus one. Now it's going back the other way to minus two. So I'm just staying away from this game. I back OKC in my mind, uh, but it does seem like a public side. We have 77% of the bets, 65% of the money on OKC. And given the travel spot and the situation, not something that I'm trying to play into, especially as Atlanta's finally starting to get healthy. We have Jalen Johnson coming back and picking up right where he left off. That guy is an animal. Brooklyn Nets versus Houston Rockets. I egg on my... Did I wipe the egg off my face? Is it still there? Because your boy had Nets money line Tuesday night. I go out for dinner with my friends. Rare night out on the town for me, guys. Very rare night where I left the house uh, any day of the week. So I go out with a friend... 
to get dinner. And I check the score of the game, and it's 65 to 37 Pelicans. And I'm like, well, at least they got them on the under. But, Lord, I, to, for me to play the Nets against the spread and on the money line last night, woof, that didn't look good. In this case, the place that I'm going is the under 223. Now, it opened at 218. It moved to 223, but there's really strong splits towards the under. So it took a lot of over movement, but now it's coming back down. And given the way that the Nets couldn't put the ball in the basket, given the way that they're now traveling for a road back-to-back, given the way that the Houston off uh, defense is one of the best units in the NBA on either side of the ball, give me the under 223. Let me see if you could find that line available anywhere right now. 223 is available at WinBet. 222 and a half is available at Caesar. So make sure you're shopping for the best line. Uh, we see it at 222 here. I do expect it to start going back down. I do. Uh, I And I'm too scared to play the Nets again. For the Timberwolves, uh, we have the Pelicans on a road back-to-back going to Minnesota. Line opens at minus 4.5. Now, did I see it? No. Did I get it? No. Did I eventually play it? Yes, at the minus 6, which I think you could still find on the board. Uh, Minus 6, also currently available at WinBet. Minus 6.5, currently available at Caesars. So definitely make sure you're playing those because we know 7 is the most important number in NBA betting because it is the most common outcome in NBA games in terms of point differential. So you want to make sure that you grab that six and a half or six before it moves to the seven. If you're seeing it at the seven, probably not worth a play. I played it one unit at the six. I'd probably play it three quarters of a unit at the six and a half. And I'd either play it for half a unit or just completely skip it at the minus seven. But we do have the Pelicans traveling on the second leg of a road back to back. They were the opposite of the sharp side versus the Nets, even though they end up winning. Now we have this Pelicans team that I personally think is just worse with Zion playing. I think they have too much offense when Zion, CJ, BI, and Joval are out there. And so I'm thinking if two points of your focal point on offense are the big positions, you're four and five, and you go against the probably one of the best defensive teams that attacks you with length, this is going to be a matchup nightmare for the Pelicans. And then you add in the back-to-back, the rest disadvantage, the travel disadvantage. This is not a good spot for the Pelicans. Now, they ended up having a much easier game than we expected on Tuesday night, but that doesn't make much easier going into Wednesday. I mean, maybe the guys played a few less minutes than they, you know, I'll check the box score right now, but... You know, Zion still played 26. So what's he going to normally play? 32? I think you could you could still play into this that the uh, Timberwolves are going to be much better rested tomorrow. The Toronto Raptors take on the Grizzlies. Currently, I have no bets there. But y'all see what John Moran did to Wemby? That little crossover hezzy. Everyone's calling it a poster. And obviously, I'm going to be the one that wants to call it a poster being a John Moran truther and I love Wemby too but like y'all you guys know I fucking love John Morant so I want the storyline of John Morant uh posters Wemby but when you look at that highlight and play it back like he did not 
poster Wemby. He went around Wemby and then dunked, and Wemby tried to recover and put an arm up. He didn't even really jump or get in the way, and the angle of the camera shows it from where Wemby's arm is coming from, so it looks it looks like it's a lot closer than where it is. If you're sitting in a passenger seat and you're looking at your driver and then the the, the speedometer, odometer, on the f- front of the car, it always looks that you're driving 10 miles per hour less because your your angle is that way. So with the camera angle, watching the Wemby versus John Moran dunk, I mean, go look it up. It It's called the poster, but oof, that's a stretch. That's stretchier than Wemby arms. Uh I do think this is a spot where we can look for Memphis Grizzlies first quarters. Now, I want to see how the market plays out and see if we get better numbers. Of course, I'll pull it up right now. I don't even think first quarter, first quarter lines are posted yet. See, yeah, we don't. We only have the combo bets for first quarter winners, match winners. We don't have a spread or money line straight up for the first quarter. But we know the Raptors came out and started quickly. We know the Raptors came out. Did they start R.J. Barrett? Uh they put those guys right into the rotation immediately, and they are more of players you're going to need to adjust around. So I think you could play into Memphis having a nice first quarter edge because they're going to play their starters who have more cohesiveness together. Uh, let's quickly check where this line opened and where it sits with the splits. We have a little bit of a public handle on Memphis. Uh We do have Memphis on the back-to-back after the Spurs, so that's kind of why I don't want to jump into it now and keep evaluating the market. It opened at Memphis 2.5, and and despite the public handle being on the Memphis, it's down to 1.5, so there's actually some some Toronto action coming in. I certainly don't want the Toronto action. But I'll use that as information to say there's no reason to bet Memphis now, albeit the bet that I actually want on Memphis isn't even available. But even if it was, I wouldn't strike yet because maybe we can get this at a better number. If we are time the market and we learn, okay, where's the line moving? Where's the side that we probably want? Where's the basketball angle that we're playing into? You always want the best number. It's not always about side and sports opinion. It's about saying, okay, if I could get the Grizzlies at a minus 0.5 instead of a minus 1.5 on the minus 112 for the game, then what am I looking at for the first quarter? Then I'm looking at a minus 0.5 spread juiced to minus 104 for a first quarter instead of right now 0.5 spread juiced to minus 110. So if you could save $6, six cents on the dollar and have 6% savings in your wager simply by timing it better, like, yeah, that matters. And if you round up those edges a lot over time, not only are you going to have better numbers that result in more wins, but you're going to pay less or you're going to pay, you know, you're going to get better, lower implied probabilities on your wagers. It's going to reduce the hit rate needed to be profitable. This is how you win on the margins, right? Sports betting, a lot of it is eking out these smaller wins on the margins because you might float 50-50, but if you can go six and five, five and four instead of four and four, or you can go six and four out of every 10 bets. Like you are freaking crushing it. So just by skating by on the margins can actually result and be the make or break of, are you profitable or not? Uh, Let's talk about the Knicks. This minus 390, I will eventually 100% be on the Knicks money line. Now, am I on it yet? No. 
Why? Same thing about timing. It was just at minus 420, and now it's at minus 390. So why the fuck would I bet it now? What I am on is the under at minus 221 at win bet. It is still there. Uh, they also have it at minus 8.5 for the Knicks. Of course, once we're beyond that 8 in a spread, it's going to be a lot harder for me to play it, and I'd almost rather just play it money line and take home less return. Why? Because common outcomes. 7, 5, 6, 8 talk about these pretty much every episode at this point, are the four most common outcomes in NBA games. So if I'm going to back a favorite minus 8.5, minus 9.5, you're probably going to want to split your exposure and just take some money line action too. You're going to pay for it. You're going to be paying minus 390. You're going to be betting one unit to win a quarter of a unit. The return's not going to be great. But you are saving yourself the chance of them winning by a hook number or there being a backdoor cover or some late game fouling that lands us at the seven or the six. And that is still a win on the money line. So the way I like to do these things is say, okay, let me play one unit on the money line for one unit to win a quarter of a unit. Let's assume this is minus 400 to make the math easy and then play another quarter unit on the spread so that I'll have 1.25 units to win 0.5. And you're kind of escalated using the spread as an escalator if they do end up winning by a double-digit margin. Chicago Bulls are on the second leg of a road back-to-back after being smacked in the mouth by Philly. I think OG Ananobi is the perfect addition to this Knicks roster. Uh, I think he's going to fit in seamlessly. I think Precious Achua is going to be really nice with Tibbs and provide some backup big minutes for them to replace those Taj Gibson run. Uh, and I think the Bulls are in a really tough spot. Not only is it back-to-back, but they're, they're down players. They're injured. We're going to have a bunch of guys questionable. This line, it probably doesn't have much room for movement. I don't see the Knicks being a 10.5 point favorite. So that's why I'm going to wait. But I will definitely be on the Knicks money line. I will tweet out if anything weird happens that foregoes me being on the Knicks money line. But assume if we can get like this at 350, in full unit risk, take home less return. I probably don't envision myself playing the spread as an escalator personally. Uh, this is probably just going to be a straight money line because I'm also invested in the under. Like I just said, I have the 221. 221 is still available at win bet. It's really nice to see this going down to 218. I might even add some exposure and make that under 221 a two-unit bet or a bigger bet here because there's clearly some value coming in. This is not going to be a game that ends up at 214 with tons of playback value. We're just not seeing that in 2024. Happy New Year, guys. NBA lines we're not going to see drastic movement so these times where i picked off lower numbers and played it back i'm taking it over 230 and playing back and under 242 we're not going to see 12 points of movement five six points of movement in a 218 uh grabbing a 221 is really nice and you're probably just gonna have to let that ride so i would go to win bet as soon as you hear this and try and get that in uh and see if it's there dallas mavericks versus blazers I got nothing on it. I I don't object to a Dallas Mavericks money line. Uh, Luca does not really like to lose to these terrible teams. He does have Kyrie back. I expect the Mavericks to start to get rolling. But we do have some really good bets coming up. Let me quickly let Bronny in. Give me one second. All right. Sorry about that. You know, Bronny makes an appearance pretty much every episode. Let's talk about the Phoenix Suns versus the Clippers. These Phoenix Suns team, I expected to back a lot, but they can't stay healthy. 
The Clippers team, I knew I was going to back a lot as long as they were healthy. So now we have a spot where we have a healthy Clippies, Clippers team with James Harden. And I fucking love James Harden, too. He's better than D-Wade career-wise. Um, and I got the, the, the Clippers minus 2.5. Now, they opened as underdogs. And then we got the Kevin Durant news. So big, big miss in hitting that early. Getting the minus 2.5 was still fine for me. I'm going to check where that minus 2.5 is still available because I think it's pretty universally available. Yeah, DraftKings has the minus 2.5 now. 67% of the money, 90, 67% of the bets, 96% of the money on that Clippers minus 2.5. Now, that makes a lot of sense that DraftKings would have an overwhelming handle towards the Clippers because they have one of those minus 2.5 still on the board. A lot of these other places already have the three. Caesars moved it up to the three. Yeah, everywhere else besides DraftKings is at the three right now. So definitely go to DraftKings and get that Clippers minus 2.5. I really like this line. The Clippers are playing so well. Kawhi plays really well in Phoenix. Is it climate related? I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case. Uh, the travel situation from Southern California to Phoenix, Arizona. Very easy trip. Uh, this Clippers team is absolutely rolling right now. So look for that us to back them a lot. Utah Jazz, similar situation that I find the Knicks. Uh, I think the money line's a strong play here. Now, it's paying a lot for a little return. Do not stack these into parlays, you dumb fuck. Just don't do it. Sorry for, to be abrasive. Uh, money line parlays will do that to me. Uh, yeah, I, Detroit coming off the emotional win, Detroit playing with a lot of pace leads to a lot of sloppy turnovers going into Utah, into the altitude with such a young team, just as the Jazz are starting to get healthy and roll again. Jazz won three in a row, covered against the Pelicans, now return home to take on the Detroit Pistons, like I don't know if they're winning by nine. They're probably going to win by 17. I don't know if they're going to win by nine. It's also a game that's been sharp towards the under opening at like 242. First of all, that's crazy. Like I know the Pistons during the losing streak have made a real point to emphasize pace. So I don't want to back an under right now. I do want to, but I'm going to try and refrain myself from backing an under on the 239.5 on the Pistons jazz because of the volume of threes that have been coming out of the Pistons recently, and that being a stark difference from the way that they played earlier this year. But 242? I think I did this on a recent pod. 242, dog? 242? Yeah, if you're going to see a Pistons number at 242, take the under. But 239.5, it's probably getting close to where it's fairly priced. I expect this to land at like 237.5, so... Ooh, I might take some action on the under here. I'm 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 trying to talk myself out of it, but I can't. I can't. I'm probably gonna take some under action. And then if I'm taking under action, I don't want to back a minus nine because that's a tough number to cover with there going to be hopefully less than 240 total points. So give me the minus three fifty on the money line. Let me fade that this Detroit Pistons are gonna be knocking down threes in altitude. Would say Boyan Bogdanovich, the uh Pistons clear piece that has unlocked everything if Boyan was healthy and didn't miss 25 games the Pistons would not have lost 25 straight games I believe that 110 percent 
to be true. He is the final connector piece because he can make quick passes and he can space the floor and shoot. So he is so helpful next to Cade. If I'm Monty Williams, which thankfully I'm not, uh, I mean, he has a ma- massive bag right now, so maybe it's not the worst thing in the world. But you have to play Cade with Boyan nearly every, like every Cade minute has to be flanked with Bogey because it is so important to Cade's development to have those kind of pieces around him. And that's really what you uh, Detroit needs to work on surrounding him with. I'm also on the... We got two more favorites to cover here, Kings and Lakers, and I like them both a good bit. Now, let's talk about the Kings first, Orlando Magic. Both the, both of these teams are on a back-to-back, but Orlando Magic on the road back-to-back after taking on the Warriors now, the Warriors-King trip, that's a 40-minute bus ride. It's not like the war, the, the, the Magic are flying tonight. Uh, they're probably staying in the same hotel between both arenas. So don't get overworked up, but Magic off a loss. Kings off a loss to the Hornets and then taking major sharp steam the next day. So look for a strong bounce back spot with a game with the Kings that is so pace up and offense oriented. I'm okay playing the minus five and a half. I think this line opened at like two and a half or three and it's out to six at Circa. So I gra- I think mine was four and a half and I still think there's a four and a half on the board. Um. WinBet also still has the four and a half. A lot of my actions at WinBet today. Golden Nugget has a four and a half. No one has. That's only in Vegas. Uh, there's a bunch of fives on the board too. So if listen, if you're playing it at the five versus the four and a half, because you know how strongly I feel about grabbing favorites minus four and a half, this is why I play this a little bit harder. Uh, is because those common outcomes at seven, five, six, and eight are the four most common outcomes. So. If you've moved on to the five, like it has at FanDuel or Caesars right now, then you can still play it because you've acquired one of them as a push number, which again, it clearly loses value, but you're not going to now lose said bet on the five. So I am okay playing it. I do. I did really like the Kings minus 4.5. If you hear this later on and you're starting to see a lot of 4.5s on the board, that's actually bad news because now it's going to start working the other way what i'd like to see is you seeing a bunch of 5.5s and like should i still play a five the answer yes you're seeing a bunch of sixes and should i still play a 5.5 somewhere yes uh those are we want these to keep going in this king's direction and of course if you're going to see a worse number play it a little smaller but i really like the king's minus four and a half tomorrow because of that key number and the back-to-back schedule that the Orlando Magic is on, and because of the offensive nature that the Kings team presents. They can score on anybody in bunches. Miami Heat going against Lakers. Now, fade this Heat team whenever they are down a lot of players. I think there's this general sentiment that the Heat can keep up with teams, and they're so well-coached, they are, that they can designate a good game plan against anyone. They can. Uh, On these road trips where they're down four key players just fade them like they got crushed by the the clippers i think they lost one to the jazz they had they had like a good showing against the warriors or something listen people want to chalk up this heat team to be really resilient i think this heat team is incredibly dangerous come full health playoff time but in a road game in January where they're missing everyone and going against the Lakers, I think we're going to get AD's probable, LeBron's questionable. I think we're both going to get them in. 
heard someone call him Le Questionable. Even I will laugh at that. Uh, happy birthday to the king. Uh, but Le Questionable is questionable again, and a probable is probable again. So expect AD and LeBron to both be in, and this line to go to six, uh, to go to seven and a half or eight. It's the same thing we saw with the Clippers. We played it at six or six and a half. Uh, we were waiting word on Kawhi to be active. He was had full practice the day before coming back from his hip, hip injury. He is ruled in and moves out to the eight. I didn't even play it back. They covered. So I'm not playing this one as big. That was a full three-unit bet. I am playing this uh, a good bit. It is more than a one-unit bet. Uh, I have 1.5 units on it right now. So you could be the judge if you still also want that line. But this presents some playback value if it moves out to like an eight. I probably will forgo it too. The the Heat team is the one team that I've been like, if you're going to rest everyone and and not rest, if you're going to have so many players injured, and I beat the line movement here, I might just let it ride. And especially, it's the last game of, of the slate tomorrow. It tips off at 10-10 Eastern, 7-10 Pacific time. Like, there is some flexibility to watch the game and play it back live. And so there are some spots where I will pre-plan, the like, hey, I want eyes on this because maybe I'm not getting the number I wanted. Maybe I want a 9.5 for the spread. So maybe I'm watching this game, and in the second quarter, I get that opportunity. Now, it's going to be an, a series of other factors. How do these teams look at the time? Am I taking it when it's an eight-point game at, at nine? Am I taking it when it's an 11-point game and playing it down to nine? Is anyone in foul trouble? Right? LeBron's been sick. AD's been dealing with groin or whatever. Uh, how do they both look? So I'm going to be taking in a lot of these factors. What's the pace of this game? If you're backing a favorite, especially against the Heat, a shorthanded Heat, I would love to see high pace. I would love to see running, running, running out of these Lakers. If that's the case, won't play it back. So you have flexibility with it being the last game on and probably going to have Kings action that we're just letting ride to. So, yeah, Lakers definitely a spot, minus six and a half. I I expect everyone to be able to play it there because we're not, that line's not going to move until the questionable and probable get ruled in, which I expect them both to. Sacramento Kings minus uh, four and a half is my favorite bet of the day. I like Jazz minus 350. I haven't hit it yet. I like uh, Jazz Pistons under 239.5. I think you could find 240s on the board. Watch it be. If I was going to predict, where is it? You're going to say win bet. Uh, No, there's a 240 at Mirage, which is Vegas only, which I don't have access to. And there is, hold on, only 239s at the books that I do have access to, 239.5. So probably going to hit that. I haven't done it yet. Those would both be smaller plays. I am definitely on the Clippers minus two and a half. One of my stronger plays for the day. Kevin Durant is out for the Suns. I'm going to fade a team that is lacking role player depth and one of their stars in a short track like come on uh i like the mavericks i don't have anything there too juiced for me to pay nick's money line i will be on nick's under 221 i am on memphis grizzlies first quarter i very well might be on this is a minus 106 at a 0.5 spread i like it uh, Minnesota Timberwolves, minus six. I am on at 6.5. I would be on at minus seven. 
I'd started to be questioned if I'm on. Uh, Brooklyn Nets under 223 was the number I got. You could still find that on the board. Oklahoma City versus Hawks. I am skipping because of the mixed market signals. Bucks minus three. I am on small. Cleveland Cavaliers, Wizards under 239.5. I am on small. Hope that gives you guys a nice little rundown of where my things stand, where I expect some of these numbers to end up. I don't foresee massive movements and crazy value in any of these spots. Good thing it's a Wednesday because you listen to the Wednesday show to get the Wednesday plays, and we're probably not going to have that crazy amount of movement. So you could tail all of these. I'll have to figure out what I do when I'm expecting like a massive mover on a Wednesday. I'll probably break my rule and tweet that out. Uh, again, follow me on Twitter at Fiddles Picks. Rate, review, subscribe on the podcast. Make sure you are subscribed to fiddlespicks.substack.com so I you can get one of these giveaways that I'm giving out as soon as I find enough stamps. Like that's the issue. The reason why I haven't sent out said giveaways is because I don't even have enough postage stamps to send these things out. So make sure you're in there, fiddlespicks.substack.com. Let's start having a great start to the year. We're down a little over one unit to start. Not the biggest deal. Somehow we amassed plus 55 units in the NBA just this season alone. So if you think I'm sweating being down one unit in the first two days, you got me mistaken. Oh, last thing, go check out the MTV's The Channel. If you want to watch good television, now, if you trust me enough to know where to put your money, enough that you trust my eyes capping these NBA games, let me give you a great piece of advice. MTV's The Challenge is the best show on television, bar none. It is so good. It is 39 seasons deep on MTV. It is so good that CBS or USA CBS has started making their own thing called the challenge USA using the same characters from MTV and bringing them over to CBS. Cause they're like, this needs a better spotlight. Netflix is coming out with their own version of one, but go check out the OG, the challenge. It is bar none, the best show on television and being Gibby. You're everyone's like, where's Gibby been on the pod? Gibby's been on the pod every week. He's been breaking down challenge episodes with me. Listen, I bring people on to talk about their expertise. I bring Mike LaFemina on to talk DFS because he's unbelievable at it. I bring Gibby on to talk the challenge because no one knows what's going on in the producer's mind more than Gibby. I bring, oh, I got some loaded guests for NFL coming up. So that's kind of where I'll cut it off. I'll tease it, but go make sure you're watching the challenge and listening to me and Gibby's breakdowns. Make sure you submit all these bets and ride with me tonight. Of course, happy new year to everyone. Thank you all for supporting my work. It does mean a lot. That's why I could do little things like do a holiday giveaway. Show my appreciation back to you guys as always. Peace out. You just listened to another episode from the Fantasy Basketball International Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us. And for more information about joining our community, please check out our website at fbibasketball.com.